Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You hear about it all the time. Electric cars are the future. But what actually does that mean? How soon would this all happen? And what's it going to look like? And I, I guess most importantly, how can we cash in? And that's what's on the menu today. Electric vehicles. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. Let's bring on the perfect guest for this discussion today. Paul Hawkman president of Humongous Media, and former tech editor for the Today Show out of Cambridge. Uh, also check out Paul's website, humongousmedia.com. Paul, great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right, Paul, let's just get right into it. The first thing I wanted to just bring up is there's variations of electric vehicles. There's hybrids. And then there's full-on electric. So let's just start there. Sure. So a full electric, an EV, electron, you know, electric vehicle, is really just a car that can only operate using electrons. Great. So that means that there's only a battery to, mo- to, to make it move. And uh, for a lot of people who are shopping for electric vehicles, and to put it in perspective, about 4 million all-electric vehicles and about 2.5 million plug-in hybrids were sold in 2021. So about 6.5 million EVs sold in the first half of the year. So here's the thing. Um, An all-electric vehicle only has its battery, only moves with electrons, and once it's out of those electrons or the the power has been exhausted, the car stops. That's it. With a plug-in hybrid, a a plug-in hybrid means that you have that battery that will allow the car to only run on electric, but then when you run out of juice, you switch over to a gasoline engine, which is also on board the car. The benefit is, depending upon the range of that battery-only uh, part of the vehicle's engine, is you could probably, in, in many cases, these are 40, 50-mile range of these batteries instead of the 300 on a pure electric. But that's the, the average commute is about 25 miles in the United States. So for many people, a 40-mile range is all they need, and the gas engine is a backup in that plug-in hybrid. So those are, that's the main difference. The plug-in hybrid has a gas engine just in case, and the, the all-electric just has the battery. You mentioned, uh, I mean, just millions sold in pure electric vehicles. I imagine the hybrid market is considerably bigger, and, and just because you can have that versatility as well. You know what's interesting is a lot of people, it's a very good question, and actually the surprise is, surprise to me for sure, is that the opposite is, a tr- is true so far, meaning that people are going all in. When they're thinking about electric, they're not thinking about plug-in hybrid. Plug-in hybrid remembers about half the sales of all electric last year. So the reason for that is is definitely you know up for grabs. In other words, you could you could hire a, a whole 
army of psychoanalysts to figure out why somebody would go for a technology that makes them slightly more vulnerable, meaning there is not the infrastructure, the charging infrastructure, anywhere close to the size, obviously, is the gas station infrastructure in the United States. So it turns out, though, that people, in spite of that, are actually moving to all electric. And, uh, you know, again, there are many reasons people say, but that's that's where it's going right now. Actually, now that you mention that, I'm not really that surprised because people who are really into game-changing technology you know, really like to fully embrace it. So I, I could see actually how that would play here. It's pretty interesting. And what, what it also means, and I think that part of it, there's, an, there's a political undertone to this. Um, there are some people who are fed up with what's going on when it comes to either the Saudis or the Russians and all kinds of other folks who are perceived as bad actors. And they say, look, I, they say to themselves when they're considering a vehicle, and a lot of people are considering buying a car, uh, they say, you know what, I don't want to be part of that anymore. I really do want to disconnect myself, that's what they say, from that particular uh, supply chain, meaning uh, petroleum and, and, and oil energy in general. Now, remember that when you're plugging in your car, the energy is coming from somewhere. Well, that, I was so, going to throw the rebuttal out there. I mean, electric doesn't just come out of the socket. It's, it's produced somewhere. You have to either use a nuclear power plant, coal, uh, natural gas, solar, wind, uh, though that, that's only a small fractional part of what makes electricity. So that would, would be my rebuttal. And then go ahead with the energy thing. It comes out of the uh, outlet, but something has to produce it. Well, that's right. So, so here's, here's something that's really interesting to me. First of all, in 2021, for the first time, the U.S. was a, since 1949, that's obviously about 60 years, uh, there's, or 70 years, excuse me, that's, the, the U.S. was a net exporter of oil. In other words, for the first time in, in 70 years, since 1949, the U.S. produced and exported more oil than it imported. So that certainly positions the United States well, just being besides, besides the electric car issue in a second, but that positions the U.S. well for that interim time when people jump into, you know, to, uh, to electric cars that they're saying, well, okay, I'm just plugging it in, so it's clean. Well, yeah and no. It's clean for, for one main reason, and that's emissions, okay? So the emissions come from all those millions and millions of cars in the United States aren't coming out of tailpipes of, from electric cars for obvious reasons. However, obviously, there are some emissions, but on a percentage basis, though we are net exporters of oil now, and we therefore could, if we needed to, use oil to power the electric power plants that charge those electric cars, um, we won't have to worry as much about alternative sources for that energy yet, solar, uh, wind, as you just mentioned. But remembering that we have that oil as a backup, if people want to run to electric cars and want to lower the their personal uh, footprint, carbon footprint, then they aren't going to have to worry about it getting charged generally because there's enough power. There's always going to be enough oil, and eventually there's going to be enough solar and wind, theoretically, and other sources, nuclear probably, even though that was politically very unpopular for a long time. It's looking better and better right now if people really do want to separate from the Saudis and the Russians, among others, and the Venezuelans, by the way, who are actually bigger potential exporters than anybody else. This technology has been play in place to happen. We had talked earlier before the show. I mean, free market is taking us there anyway uh, to to electric right. cars. But uh, some think we're going to get there a lot quicker than others. So, uh, but explain well, how the tech tech has taken us there. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely first of all, you're absolutely right. We're gonna we're the technology is that one of the reasons that this this acceleration in purchases again, you know, you know, close to whatever it is, uh, three three and a half million cars in the last uh, in the last year. 
uh, electric only, that is. Um, that's that's just amazing, and that was that didn't exist at all uh, ten years ago, right? When the reason there's a rush to that is because in part the technology, to your point about the free market, the technology is incredibly profitable. You know, if if it's getting to the point where these batteries can be created, and by the way, this is an open question. Don't I'm not saying it's a done deal, but since these batteries can be created for less and less money and create more and more capacity, meaning greater range, so people don't suffer from what we all call range anxiety when you go out and you don't know that the infrastructure is out there to charge your car. Well, since those batteries are getting better and better range for less and less money, the market is saying, hey, there's money to be made here. And, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier in another conversation, but it's really important to mention this battery stuff that's in these cars that's driving people to think about, hey, I want to do my part or whatever the reason their impetus for getting that electric car is. That technology is not just showing up in cars anymore. Now, and look, I have, I got, I think it's 12 solar panels on my garage. I live in Utah, lots of sun, great. Well, guess what? A hundred percent of my house's electricity needs are, 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 there's a capacity for that in the solar panels on my garage. However, I don't get all that capacity. I resell it or sell it back to what's called Rocky Mountain Power out here in, in, uh, in Utah, near Salt Lake City. And the reason I sell it back is because I don't have a battery. If I had a car-sized battery, Tesla sells them, GM is about to sell them, Ford Motor Company is about to sell them. In other words, not just in the car, but the same battery itself, but not in the car. You could now store all the electricity that you generate from wind and solar, if that's what you want to do, and then put it into your car. So the point is that there are more factors at play than just is there enough power out there to generate enough electricity to serve all these cars. The, the fact of the matter is people are making tons of dough, and there are lots of big bets being placed right now at GM, Ford, Tesla, and other on the corollary battery technologies that go along with the car, and that's big batteries that sit in your garage, for example. So that's where it's going, and, and I'll tell you what. If you look around, um, more and more people are buying these things. And by the way, these plug-in hybrids, in some cases, $35,000 for retail for a Toyota plug-in hybrid, a RAV4. That's not cheap, but it sure as heck is not as it's not as expensive as it was even five years ago. You know, one of the big rebuttals I hear, though, on the battery thing is, you know, they always talk about having to get minerals that are used to make batteries from some pretty unsavory places on the planet, yes. and it's and and the pollution that's involved as well. Is, is there something to that? I, I'm you know I I definitely see this as as the future, and um, you know we're, we'll eventually go there. But that's another rebuttal I op- often hear about what we have to do to actually get these these batteries. So can yeah. you address that? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a dance of the devil for sure right now. And the devil, you know, speaking a little bit politically, is, is in large part China uh, because China's human rights record is not so great. Uh, I think we can all agree about that. You can decide about the, the degree or not. But the point is that a lot of people are pretty clear that that's not the best place to be if you want free freedom. Uh, and as it turns out, that happens to be a large source. Uh, that is to say, China happens to be a large source of the minerals required and the chemicals required to make these batteries. Well, not surprisingly, back to your free market comment a second ago, Canada is going all in. Uh, They have, as it turns out, though they have not built the facilities yet, and it's multiple, it's tens of billions of dollars to do so, but they're betting that that those tens of billions of dollars are worth the bet and worth the investment because they have the minerals in Canada to develop exactly the same kind of batteries as the Chinese are developing. And in many cases, because 
the capacity of these batteries is improving. The speed of the charge is improving. There was a recent study done at Ford uh, and but between Ford and Baylor University, a, a co a co study, and they just figured out a way to speed up the charging of these things by about five x, meaning that you could get about three hundred miles charge, which is about the average in a, in a consumer vehicle right now. You could get that thing charged in ten minutes because they've improved the cable that attaches from the electric source to the battery itself. So all this is arguing for, do we have to go to China to get these batteries? Are these bad actors the only source for us? Well, right now, kinda. However, because of the money to be made, and because of the improvement in the technology, Canada is a viable source. So is the United States, by the way. Do we have a lot of those minerals that, that go into the components uh, or that make up these batteries? Are, are they... Is there a ton of that here in North America? Less in the United States than in Canada. As it turns out, sort of like the difference between an oil well and fracking, where you dig down, where you drill down, pardon me, with an oil well and you get to the oil that exists. It may be dirty and needs to be refined, of course, but it's oil in liquid form. In fracking, you have to kind of punch it out of the the layers in the rock. The the same holds true uh, Canada versus the United States, meaning that in Canada, they found stuff that won't have to be go through as many refining steps as the stuff that's in the United States. But again, if that free market drives this and the costs drop, well, guess what? You're going to see people setting up mining operations, yes, in the United States. It's just that what exists here is not as clean and easy to refine as as exists in in Canada. I see. So um, maybe a little bit more effort on our end to obtain that lithium, nickel, cobalt, graphite, magnesium. Uh, There's all kinds of... uh, different uh, uh, minerals that go into the components by the way you know what you know where there's a lot of that on mars (laughs) yeah oh well you know but when when you you. think long long term i mean now we're we're talking way out i mean batteries are going to have a huge component in some really you know star trek type exploration say if the big challenge you know everybody talks about and we'll go back to cars in a sec but about the space exploration is of course energy source like where are you going to get your energy and if you set up solar panels, well, that's okay, but that's not great. And it, whereas if you have batteries that can store, you know, long-term, you know, a giant solar farm, you could have plenty of energy up there. And that solves a lot of the problems and concerns and challenges of growing food, having enough energy to heat, cool, et cetera, and, you know, in a very unforgiving place like Mars. So back to the point, those minerals exist in lots of places. And what you said earlier is absolutely right. There are human rights issues and, and bad actor type challenges to getting those things now. And if those guys have us over a barrel, look, the parallel challenge you can look at right now to understand this really clearly is Taiwan versus mainland China. Right now, the number one source of chips in, in the world, the microchips that, that operate everything we've got. Taiwan Semiconductor. Taiwan Semiconductor is a monster. I mean, and then, I mean, just their industry at large. Exactly right. So China's China's threats and sort of saber rattling when it comes to surrounding Taiwan, as it did recently with uh, those uh, military exercises and so forth, is not necessarily about hegemony or, or you know uh, uh, owning the owning the island. It's about who who has the chips and who has the materials and who has the facilities and so on. So that's the same challenge that we're going to see with car batteries. And by the way, it's not limited to cars. As you've probably seen, Tesla has a long distance, long haul truck. Uh, battery or set series of batteries that that pull 18 wheel trucks and huge loads. And by the way, this is not a minor thing. For most uh, long haul trucking fleets, by far the biggest expense is fuel. So if you can cut that cost in half, and roughly speaking, the cost of me powering up, I have a plug in hybrid, I have a Volvo wagon that's got 400 horsepower and I get 70 miles to the gallon. That's a pretty good combo. So 400 horsepower and 70 miles to the gallon means I get the best of both worlds. Guess what? If you can put that in a truck, 
all of a sudden these trucking fleets costs plunge because the cost per dollar per mile is about half what it is for petroleum right now. And it's going to go down if those technologies improve as they seem to. So, so the free market is going to drive this, and it's going to go in every aspect of your life, from cars to trucks to batteries to storing all the energy that you develop, whether it's on-site or not. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Paul Hawkman. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. As always, I've been told that's podcast gold. And then, of course, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back after the break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we're back with Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show, based in Cambridge. And be sure to check out his website, humongousmedia.com. All right, so the Gaines listeners, we we want to, we always think about making money. When you're looking at companies that are in the space, that are making the biggest strides. I mean, everybody knows stuff that's going on at Tesla, really game-changing stuff. But there's a whole bunch of other companies involved, and we've talked about Rivian, which they've just recently had a problem. But, I mean, and and then the the big three have gotten in on the action. Then you have to look at where this is sourced, the the components, the mining that makes up the batteries. What, What are a couple handful of companies that are really... Making it happen here. Okay. First of all, a couple things. Uh, number one, bad news for everybody, okay? Um, <laughs> a Chinese company um, called Contemporary Amperex Technology Company, CATL, uh, is the world's largest seller of batteries for electric and hybrid vehicles. So the point is that they've got a jump start. Now, you can talk about the free market all you want, and I'm with you 100% on that. And it's a fact that policy impacts this, and then we'll get to the other names too. But if the United States did as much supporting, if you will, uh, financial, political, uh, and, and policy support as, as the Chinese did, and I am in no way suggesting we should be like those guys, but 
if we did more support, if we offered more support, if there was more policy support for this kind of investment, uh, whether it's discounts or uh, re- tax rebates or tax credits for buying an electric car and so on, um, we would be further ahead. But the Chinese have got us over a barrel right now. Isn't yeah, China yeah, so- like the number one polluter? I mean, for them to get cars in, in, in the masses of China, kind of unbelievable. I mean, are are they really that far ahead of us? They're still building coal plants. They're, they're, they're still doing a lot of the things they've always done as well, kind of going after all things and letting what works best. I mean, are they that far ahead of us? And are they that far ahead of us as far as implementing? Yes. However, talking about China and to your point just a second ago about, wait a second, aren't they the biggest polluters? Yes. And they're also the biggest manufacturers of these batteries? Yes. Are those interrelated? Sort of. But talking, I mean, talking about Chinese manufacturing and and economic direction is sort of like, I don't know, it's like me talking to my teenager. At any given moment, I don't know what they're going to say, meaning it depends on the mood. It depends on the on the perspective you look at them on. You know, generally speaking, China is a huge polluter. Yes, they're also and through, this is a, this is called you know centralized economy. That's one of, one of the uh, one of the symptoms of a centralized economy is you have these disconnects. So they have they, whenever they have problems. And by the way, they have major problems. Global warming right now is impacting how much water is going down the Yangtze River, meaning how much hydroelectric power is going to be generated, meaning that they're giving up on some of that hydroelectric power and building new coal plants, coal-fired power plants because they got lots of coal. So that's like wait a second. I thought they were a way ahead on this battery thing. They they are, but in terms of national infrastructure, they're still way behind. So they pollute a ton, but they're ahead of us in battery manufacturing. And they'll be gladly to manufacture and sell that to us for uh, a tidy profit. Well, that's exactly right. And eventually, if that investment goes, and it depends on what the centralized economy and and you know Xi Jinping decides what he wants, what he alone wants to do. Right. But in the meantime, that's about a guy, not about an economy. If we ditch China, let's look at some of the other players. I mean, I talked Tesla. Um, sure. who, who else? I mean, you see this all the time, and especially yeah. in, in in the automotive space. We've talked about this for a really long time. Who's making it happen? Who's the leaders here? In what areas? Sure. Well, LG Energy, Energy Solutions. Okay, so those that is LG's a Korean company, South Korean. And um, they supply battery components to Lucid, which you've probably heard of. It's a new-ish company, uh, which, by the way, has a a battery that has a 1,000-mile range. Uh, They also supply batteries to Porsche and Tesla. So Tesla is building its own stuff in in concert with with LG Energy Solutions. But they're also – Samsung is a giant – is a booming supporter of this. So LG Energy Solutions, we talked about CATL, uh, the um, the battery manufacturer there. Um, there's there's uh, tons of others. There's also uh, BYD, um, which is a smaller Chinese company that sells uh, and creates batteries. Um, BYD stands for Build Your Dreams, by the way. It's a Chinese company. Um, and so it's really interesting. There's all these, and there are a fair number of Japanese, but Samsung, Panasonic has a major battery factory being built in uh, Sparks, Nevada right now. Uh, because, it, by the way, the Sparks Nevada and the and the uh, you know location and the Canadian mention of those of the giant battery effort that Canada is about to involve in all of this and LG to a degree, but mostly Panasonic, 
Sparks, Nevada, Canada. And the reason for that is is because of infrastructure um, partly, but more because of supply chain. We've out now gone through two and a half years of a supply chain nightmare where we're depending on lots of people. Remember, shipping containers cost $30,000 six months ago. Now they cost $2,000 to get across. That's helping uh, inflation drop a little bit, but that supply chain challenge is exactly what the battery challenges are as well. In other words, they're directly parallel. And the result is you're going to see a lot of North American-based um, uh, you know, factories, if not North American-owned companies. So Panasonic, LG, BYD, um, and uh, and certainly you know the, the other ones, the, the one in China as well, CATL. And LG Energy Solutions, uh, KRX is the ticker on that. We talked about Rivian, R-I-V-N, Tesla, TSLA. Uh, yeah, Samsung SDI is the name of the is the official name of the company that makes the batteries. Um, There's some smaller ones in China, Guoshuan, uh, and others that you you know we probably won't hear of because they'll be you know gobbled up by some of the larger ones. But you know, I would say Samsung, Panasonic, LG are probably the three biggest non-Chinese owned um, uh, battery manufacturers. If I were thinking of investing, those are people who I'd look carefully at because they're very big and because they do not have what amounts to a totalitarian government running them, which could at any moment decide to shut off the supply to everybody else. And then on the auto front, we've talked about the big three getting involved in this. Uh, uh, what, what other, you know, there's a lot of these fringe companies too, um, like Lordstown Motors, and and right, and 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 so who's who's making it happen in that space? Give me a couple names that you know have just had interesting uh, developments or is is making a, a splash. Yeah. Okay. First of all, the biggest. I mean, these are names that you've heard of, but it's a, it's worth noting a couple of you know. There's there LG is has a key is a key stakeholder in a in a company called Ultium Cells, which is a joint venture itself between. General Motors and other smaller companies. And General Motors is the biggest about face in the industry. That company was all in on petroleum products, man. They they sold they sold the culture, you know, Chevy trucks, um, you know, built Ford tough. Remember, the Ford the the F one fifty is still the biggest and best selling uh, vehicle in the United States. But Ford had been moving into batteries for a long time, and now they're going all in. Uh, Jim Farley, their their CEO, is completely dedicated to that. But the about face that's most interesting to me is take a look at the at the Hummer. Hummer was the epitome of the gas guzzling nightmare. If you're an environmental, you know, if you're environmentally concerned, uh, the gas guzzling nightmare out there. It got like I think nine or eight miles a gallon in the worst case, up to eleven or twelve miles a gallon of gas in another. And GM has said, guess what? Hummer is now our full tough guy all electric SUV. And it's, in other words, Hummer has completely shed its original reason for being, which was consume a lot of gas, climb hills, you know, be tough, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? That is now a sign, a, a, a standard flag, a standard bearer for GM's about face to electric. And, um, and so that, that to me is worth noting. But I think Ford is the one that with the most progress, even though Tesla obviously way, way ahead of everybody else in terms of first to market. Um, there have been quality concerns and quality control issues since the beginning at Tesla. Ford has mastered that over 100 years of manufacturing. Tesla is still working on it. They're getting better and better. But if you get in a Tesla, it doesn't feel as good as getting into a Ford F-150 Lightning. 
And the reason is because Ford has worked on that interior experience for about mm, 95 years longer than Tesla. So, you, you know, if you look at Ford, I think they're the most advanced. GM is the most dramatic about face. And then all the German companies talk about having to shed a culture, Porsche. Porsche has the Taycan. Porsche's Taycan, they even put a Porsche Taycan Turbo on, as one of the levels of the trim on a Porsche. Guess what? There isn't a turbo within 100 miles of that car. It's electric. But they, need, they can't let go of their need for roaring, you know, gas-consuming, you know, ears-pinned-back experiences, even though they're going full-on into batteries. So Porsche is an about-face, which is obviously part of, you know, all the, the much larger Audi, Volkswagen, um, you know, GM, and Ford. I think it's really dramatic when you look at the companies that are leaving their gas-powered dreams behind, like, overnight. On the other side of the coin, is there an industry or businesses that this could change everything for them quick? We're looking at this big shift, right, to what people are going to go to. Guess what? They're going to be going away from a lot of petroleum products, too. And here's what I'm just saying. As an example, I wouldn't invest in Jiffy Lube. I mean, I'm no expert, but Jiffy Lube changes oil, and electric cars don't need it. Okay? Oh, that's a great so point. If you have millions and millions of cars with four moving parts, one, one uh, electric motor per wheel, and no other moving parts other than the brakes, well, guess what? Start looking at the industries that supply to those moving parts. Those guys are going to have trouble faster than they know. Just how far away are we from all of this? I mean, wide, I, wide mass adoption. I, I think we are as far away as it will take for the manufacturers to solve the supply chain issues. In other words, I don't think there's anything holding it back other than can we get batteries in time, can we get microchips to build the cars, and so forth. The standard supply chain problems, meaning that the culture is right now, broadly speaking, craving uh, electric vehicles. So how long? I think by 2030, well, let's, you know, by the way, California has put, just said, by 2035, they're not, nobody's going to be selling brand new uh, gas-powered vehicles. Well, that, that, that was going to be my last rebuttal. Is, and, and also, everybody I talked to from California is constantly dealing with brownouts at night. So I, I will throw that in the mix, too. I know California is going there, but uh, go ahead. No, 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 of course. That's, you're, you're absolutely right. And it, but the, re, the reason I bring that up, you're asking about how long it's going to take. If the largest car market in the world, California, is saying, hey, no more gas, no more internal combustion engines sold, brand new ones anyway, sold in the state of California. Well, <laughs> the market, to your point, is not dumb, and they're going to build as many electric vehicles as they can to supply the market in California. So what that's going to do, if 2035 is the deadline for that, then I'd say that by 2030, you're going to see what amounts to the results of that, uh, of that policy in California are going to be seen Almost they are being seen right now in the in the in the mass market. I mean, I was going to say, but then how does California address that? They can't provide enough power for themselves uh, now. What if you're going to get everybody's no. automobile on this as well? Okay, I'll I'll be the fly in the ointment of that argument. Okay, Andy. So here we go. <laughs> um, yes, if everything just shifted over now, you're right. They're already experiencing brownouts. Capacity is it's pretty maxed. And certainly with, you know, forest fires uh, uh, threatening some power stations and all the other things that we've, we've heard a lot about. Yeah, if it was today, they'd be in big trouble. Uh, big trouble is a very gentle way of saying something that I couldn't say uh, on the air. Right. Um, <laughs> however, you know what's happening, of course, is that this bat the acceleration in battery technology improvement, meaning how little time it takes to get how much power stored, 
means that that storage thing that we talked about a little bit earlier with GM going to GM Energy, developing a new uh, division to build batteries, to build home solutions and so forth. Well, guess what? One of the reasons for those brownouts is there's no other supply for energy other than either the fuel at the, at the power plants or solar or, or uh, wind. Fine. Guess what? If you can store the power that you made during the day, and it's very sunny in California, as we know, and you can store it in lots of really efficient batteries in a zillion homes, guess what? Those surges can be taken up by batteries. Those batteries are linked by software. You can have a surge taken care of within a neighborhood if enough batteries are in homes. So the power companies won't be suffering those brownouts because they won't be only depending on themselves for the source of power. So that's an overlooked aspect of this surge in interest in electric vehicles because it's really a surge in batteries. Add a couple of nuclear power plants, and I think you might have a lot of that solved, too. Um, So this is going to happen. All right. So I I know you got to go. So as we wrap up today's GAINS podcast, this is going to happen. Is it going to happen? Does California have to get it right and there'll be further adoption? I mean, you set some times that aren't even that like a decade away. Uh, So as we're wrapping up, what's the takeaway here? Does this all come down to being successful in California in some of these markets and then it becomes more widespread? Your take. My take is I've looked at technology for my most of my professional life, look at various kinds, right? Everything from televisions to cars, like we've been talking about. And I'll tell you what, there have been lots of false alarms, false summits, if you will, where people thought this is what's going to happen. And I look at 3D TVs as an easy example where everybody was going to have a 3D television and wear goggles and watch 3D TVs and whatever. It didn't happen. And I'm looking at this, this shift to electric, and I'm saying here's why it will, meaning 2030, mark my words, our kids aren't even going to be looking at internal combustion engines as an option because they won't want to. And here's one of the reasons why. Yes, it addresses some political concerns for global warming. Yes, it fewer tailpipe emissions in a city, especially when there's lots and lots of cars, means healthier air. Yes, all good. Okay. But you know what? If you've ever been in an electric car, or as in my, my case, my plug-in hybrid, and you put your foot on the accelerator, and that thing takes off like much faster than a gasoline-powered engine, silently, okay, that is an experience that duplicates the feeling of getting on a roller coaster. It's so much fun. And you know what? You feel kind of good about it because it doesn't growl. It doesn't wake people up. It doesn't make lots of noise. And guess what? That thing snaps your head back. Just so you know, and anybody who's thinking about this probably does, but here's the deal. Batteries start and stop with electrons flowing. Well, guess what? There is no barrier between the power and the wheels when you're dealing with an electric car. Between the power and the wheels with a gasoline-powered car, thousands of parts. So unless you have a huge engine guzzling tons of energy and gas, you can't get off the line fast. I'm telling you, it is so much fun to sit in an electric car, or in my case, a plug-in hybrid, put your foot on the gas, and take off. Those guys actually have to toggle it back at the battery manufacturers and the software designers so you don't snap your neck. They could literally start zero to 60 in no seconds, but it would hurt. So all I'm saying is that electric cars are more fun, and I think that's one of the main reasons there's going to be a big shift. As Paul mentioned, it's coming, and probably a lot sooner than most people anticipate. Hey, big thanks to Paul Hawkman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge and the website. Uh, check it out, humongousmedia.com. All right, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 
if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 